Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First, so Cassie, I now know why you and I feel so defeated all the time. (laughs) Why? (laughs) There's a new poll and it looked at the average parents win loss record. So us versus our kids in arguments. What percentage of the time do you think we win? Oh, my gosh. In my head, I want to say I win like 90 percent of the time. In reality, it's probably 10. (laughs) According to this um, new poll, the average parent has 190 wins a year. The average parent also caves and gives their kid what they want 218 times a year. So kids win about 53% of the time. Wow. I know. Shocked. So, and this is talking about some of our like top parenting losses, um, letting them eat whatever they want. This is like so common, like stalemate in our house. Jimmy's only two and a half, and I laugh at myself. (laughs) I was like, whatever I make, you will eat. (laughs) Do you want a peanut butter sandwich? Do you want some chicken nuggets? Do you want some cheesy pasta? No, no, no. You really are just wanting them to put some kind of sustenance in their mouth. So it's like, I will make you whatever you want. I just need you eat. You're a better mom than I am because that is not how it goes in my house. Oh, my God. She'll say, I don't like this. And I'll say, well, you don't have to eat it. You never have to eat the food, but not making anything else. And then she eats it. I would be curious to see if that number changes with years. Because I, I feel like it's probably harder when they're younger, right? Yeah, yeah. trying to get a two-year-old to understand and to like, oh my God, it's so frustrating right now. Letting them have treats or dessert before dinner is another big loss. Letting them use their iPhone or, or letting them use your phone, iPad at the table, like screen time is another loss. Buying them something they want but don't need is another cave that parents have and letting them stay up past their bedtime. Those are the top parent losses. The bedtime is the one for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the tough. And it's hard because when you say no, you know there's going to be a meltdown and screaming. So a lot of the time, it's it's not the best move. But you're like, for my own mental sanity, mm-hmm. I have to give in on this one or else I'm going to snap. So that's why we feel like we're defeated all the time. Because we are. Mm. By these little two-year-old terrorists. They are, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love them. All right. So if you have a dilemma or you need advice or if you want to use our show, head to thebirdshow.com. Shoot us an email. This one, um, sometimes we get emails and they just hit you a little different. And this one did. And she wanted to publicly apologize to her ex-boyfriend for how she treated him during the relationship. So for me, I think it was the accountability. It's really refreshing Mm -hmm. when somebody comes to the table with accountability. So I was like, all right, let's do this. We're going to read her apology letter 
to her ex, right? She goes, hello, you all. I'm a P1 listener and I love you all and all of the work you all do. Welcome, Abby. You're a very nice addition to the bird show. Thank you so much. I'm emailing today in hopes of my ex-boyfriend hearing this. I don't think he's a P1, but he listens every so often. And if this is my only chance to reach out to him, I will take that chance. Hmm. I will call him Joe. His first name does start with a J, but I don't want to disclose his actual name just in case he's in a relationship. I don't want to be disrespectful to either of them. Joe, I want to apologize for the on-again, off-again relationship we had. You didn't deserve that. I wasn't in a good place mentally when we dated, and I didn't realize you were hurting as well. Now that I look back, I realize you were indeed going through a lot, and I wish I knew what I know now. I would have been there for you. Your dad and his girlfriend were so welcoming, and I'm forever grateful for that. I wish I had gotten a chance to meet your mom and sister before we ended things. I can tell they are great people. Your favorite cousins as well. I did get a chance to meet your best friend and his wife, and they were so sweet. You are deserving of so much more, and I wish you all the love, happiness, and success life has to offer you. I hoped we could have been friends because you're an amazing man and we vibe so well, but I truly understand why you don't want to speak to me. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Bert Show, for reading my email. It truly means a lot to me. Interesting. I know, right? It is. My question is, why couldn't you send that to him? Bingo. That's how I feel. Though I'm happy she sent it to us because it gives us something to talk about, right? <laughs> I mean, we do love having content, but did my, my first thought when I saw that this listener wanted us to read it was, is she blocked on everything? And if so, what happened to lead her to getting blocked? Uh, yeah, that I, that I don't know. And sometimes maybe if she, so because she sent it to us and from what I gather, if he is in another relationship, I don't think she wanted to reach out to him if he was oh. seeing somebody out of respect for their relationship. So this is a way for her to acknowledge her wrongdoings mm-hmm. and apologize without like sliding into his DMs or sending him a personal email because she felt like that would be disrespectful. I respect that. I, I get that. At the same time, though, if if your intent is yep. to just apologize, then that shouldn't matter, right? Because you're mm-hmm. not trying to in, intrude on his relationship or his life. If you genuinely just want to apologize and let that be what it is, I feel like you should send it directly to him because it wouldn't disrespect his relationship. Well, she says, I understand why you don't want to speak to me. So maybe he's mm-hmm. told her that. And this mm-hmm. is like a buffer. You know, that way he's not required to respond to her. She doesn't have to like reach out directly to him. Like this is out in the universe now. And if he hears it, he can just hear it and be done and move on. All right, we've done our part. It's out in the universe, <laughs> and hopefully Joe will hear it. Right, it has been really interesting having Jackson Kim uh, join the Burt Show and learning about Korean and Asian culture. And he brought up something while we were all hanging out the other day that the, the name itself or the phrase itself just seems so offensive to me. It doesn't seem it is. It is. It can come across as that way, and I guess it kind of is a little bit of a slur or something. Uh, what they're talking about is being labeled a banana or a Twinkie. Um, visually, you can imagine that that means you are yellow on the outside and white on the inside. Now, is this something hmm. that the Asian community calls each other? It has kind of different context depending on who tells it to you, I think. So if people within the community tell you that, that usually means someone who 
um, they don't speak their native language at home or, you know, your aunts or uncles might call you that as someone, you know, as kind of like talking down to like the younger generation of like you're rejecting culture kind of thing. It has a bit of a different connotation when, say, like a white person calls you that. It feels a little bit more offensive in that that sense. How often have you been called that? So the funny thing is, is like if, if we take a step back and we rewind to childhood Jackson, baby Jackson, right? Young, innocent and probably very ignorant Jackson. Um, I never really saw myself as any different than any other kid on the block. You know, Um, my parents always had like their white friend group and their Korean friend group, and they never really mixed and like met each other all that often. It was very rare when those kind of occasions would happen. And I didn't think anything of it. I also grew up in a pretty diverse area where my schools growing up had a lot of diversity. There's a lot of people that looked like me and I never thought anything of it. It wasn't until I switched over to private school when I was in middle school and I went to a predominantly white school where I realized that I was pretty different. And that's when the label started kind of coming out a lot more. And honestly, initially, I didn't take offense to it. I kind of leaned into it. And that's where I think a lot of like this whole like identity crisis that I've been talking to you guys a lot about has come up where I started seeing it more as a compliment because it felt like I was being treated the same as them and they were seeing me kind of the same as them. Uh, The problem arises, though, where I think afterwards it started happening where, sure, they would sort of treat me the same way and they would call me a banana or Twinkie or whatever the case was, (laughs) but outwardly, I obviously still look Korean, so the stereotypes of what it means to be Korean still existed. So when I would struggle in a math class in middle school, it was like, well, shouldn't this be easy for you? And it was like being kind of put under a microscope for all the wrong reasons, whereas they like took advantage of the right reasons why I was getting along with them. Gotcha. Do a lot of Jackson's Stories in his community feel close to some of the stories you have in the black community also? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one in particular, because I, I'd never heard that phrase at all. But um, in the black community, it's Oreo. That's what, you know, if a black person is trying to say that you're white on the inside, black on the outside, they'd call you an Oreo, which is a phrase that you, I'm sure if you've black, you've heard it a lot since you were a kid. So this one in particular, I had no idea that your community went through that the same way that I was this. Yeah, I remember in a prior segment you had mentioned that and like how sometimes it felt like people would kind of call you out for like not being, quote, black enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of similar to how I would feel in this way. But then it would seem unfair when they'd call me out for other things where like I would have to be stereotypically Asian, you know? And so this kind of persisted all through my, you know, late middle school, high school days where um, I was... kids are really nice and kind yeah, and friendly. exactly. <laughs> where, and it was even my closest friends. And again, like, I initially didn't really take offense to it. It just seemed like it was unfair for it to only come out that, like, I was my Koreanness when it was, like, a time to kind of make fun or, you know, you know, make jabs at me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm driving in the car with my friends and, you know, everyone does make some mistake every once in a while. You park a little crooked, you you know, you make a wrong turn, whatever. For me, it would be like, oh, it's because of the way that you look that this would happen, you know? Or like, um, if I did well on a test for some, for whatever reason, it was like my effort would be discounted Mm -hmm. and it would be more like, 
oh, you you did this. You're good at this because you're Asian. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's uh, getting better for like this generation now? The younger generation Koreans, younger generation Asians. I just think generally people are a lot more tolerant yeah. these days and a lot more accepting these days. I'm hoping to God that all these kids growing up these days don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that I had to deal with growing up. Um, I don't regret anything by any means of you know how I was brought up or anything like that. But I do think that people probably have it a little bit easier and a little bit. People are a little more respectful now. It's the Burt Show. Can your sexual and physical attraction grow if you don't feel it immediately when you're starting to date somebody? I think this is going to be a gender line thing here. But if you want to get in on this one eight five five Burt Show, I'm asking because one of my dudes out in California has just started to like take a friendship that they had to another level, right? Um, he and she have known each other. I'm not even exactly sure how many months. I think they started out as coworkers and they started hanging out and having beers and stuff like that. They had a lot of common. He was never physically like really attracted to her, but man, they just started like hitting it off and they're watching football games together and he's starting to feel it, right? So one thing leads to another after one of these football games and they go and they take it to the next level. I won't get into that because we have kids that are listening right now and he kind of walks away from it going... Not really what I thought that was going to be. You know what? I'm not really totally and completely feeling that. But she checks all the other boxes. So he is wondering, like, if I just stick this out, can it grow? If I keep doing it. (laughs) If I just keep trying. Will I finally like it? Will I finally like it? (laughs) Like... So physically and emotionally. Hey, I ate yogurt long enough that I finally started liking it. They're the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. But can it be said, like, because our DNAs and our wiring is different, men and women, that it's a more common story for a woman to say, no, I wasn't really attracted to the dude at first, but he grew on me. He's funny. Uh, And for whatever reason, he just, you know what? I found him more attractive and the physical part of it just wasn't as important. Whereas with guys, it's just kind of. It's the other way around. Well, Abby has brought this to the table before, and we've talked about how men put women in boxes as soon as they meet them, and mm-hmm. you can't get out of the box. I know this guy seems it's like rare. a complete. This guy seems like a complete unicorn with for the fact that mm-hmm. she has gotten out of the friend box mm-hmm. and into a very different box. <laughs> I, so, I, won- so is he? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I had to. And, and that's why I put it out there. I wonder almost if it has less to do with her physical appearance because it sounds like he is attracted to her on some level. The emotional has started to kind of outweigh the actual physical. And I wonder if maybe she's just bad at it. one 855 Don't you? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I feel I, like it's, I it's definitely more rare for men for that to ever happen. But if if that's the only issue, is that that part of it, then I feel like it is possible. Like it can, mm. the chemistry can get better between two people with more practice. I believe. I mean, the first time I met my now husband, um, I mean, he was cute, but I wasn't like swooning over him. Like I, he, he, it took two weeks after we met for the first time for him to reach out. And he was so witty in his email that I was bored. So I said, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing, nothing. else on my yeah. agenda. So, I mean, sure. It's a free dinner at Dudley's, which was like the nicest restaurant in our town. And I'm like, okay. Personality wise, did he like? Oh, you- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But as far as like, you know, if you're talking about like, you know, sexual attraction and that physical attraction upon, you know, upon first meeting each other, I mean, it, it 
that I, if I'm being perfectly honest and I've said it before, it wasn't there mm-hmm. in that initial, initial meetup. But uh, for what I think for women, it does grow. You know, I can't speak for men because, you know, I don't have those parts, but <laughs> I remember when Abby brought that to the table before, it's like, cause you guys are so visual. Mm-hmm. It's like either it's there or it's not, there's mm-hmm. no growing to it. Yeah, And I also said to him, like, maybe this was just my attitude on it is like the first time that um, you take it to the next level. The The bar for me was always set like really low. It's awkward unless you're nice, nice and buzzed and stuff like that. Um, it's awkward. And the first one is never the one that you're going to go like, it's always going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, it can get better for sure. Cass? I think for me, the same thing. Every person that I've ever been attracted to, it never started off with an over the head, like, oh my God, you're the hottest person I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Including my husband, who, same like, as Kristen talks about Bart, he was cute. I thought he was attractive, but it wasn't like, oh my God, like in the movies, we must kiss against the wall. That always came later and it was always personality first, but I think it depends on the person. I think some people have that gear where they really need to like get to know you first and kind of like, like you on an emotional level to grow that other part and other people do not. So it really depends what kind of person your friend is. It's really a beautiful part of women, but let me ask Mo. Um, Mo, have you ever been in a relationship with a woman that initially you weren't attracted to physically at all, but it ended up in a nice physical relationship? Honestly, yes. One time. It was only one time, and it was the most healthy relationship I've ever had. Really? It really was. Where is she now? I don't know. The only reason it ended was because it was in college and we both went to two different states and it, it just didn't work out. But she was by far the most healthy relationship I ever had because it wasn't based on me being attracted to her like that in the beginning. It just kind of formed <laughs> from a friendship. So we're learning the healthiest relationships are the ones where you're not initially attracted to somebody? Yeah, yeah. and I never did it again. This is The Bird Show. Oh, they make it look so easy on the news, right? Reading off the teleprompter, you would almost think the news anchors were just doing it off the top of their head. It's much more difficult than that. It's a piece of cake. We've done this. uh, We did this, excuse me, a long time ago, um, but we haven't done it since Abby has joined the show. So we're going to do the teleprompter challenge again. So our producer, Katie, has a computer with our scripts that we have written for each other. So Abby's going to go first. She is reading a script that she has yet to have seen, mm-hmm. and it was written by the one and only Bert Weiss. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I'm nervous. All right, so there is an actual website where you just put your text in, and it will teleprompt, correctly. Yep. Uh, and Katie, you're the one that is using the arrow button. Okay, so yeah, we have all written these for each other, and you were stuck with mine, okay? And mm-hmm. you have not seen it yet, so you are now on the set, and you are the news anchor getting this news. Okay, I'm ready. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. In an unexpected turn of events, researchers at the University of Florida have discovered a secret ingredient behind their notorious Gatorade. Apparently, it's a blend of frustration. Can we restart? I feel like <laughs> that's really fast. Well, yeah, you're going super fast. Because the, they keep... It's, <laughs> we, it's we, moving. We, it, 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 I was trying to read it because it kept disappearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like, I'm trying to catch up. Somebody put like can, some, we, can we get a redo? <laughs> Someone put some cocaine in the teleprompter. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll read it. I'll read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's. 
right, all right. Let's slow her down. Slow her when, down. I, when, I, when I get past the first line, then press play. All right, all right. right. Tommy, you, you want to hit it again? Okay. <laughs> Whoa, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Breaking news now on The Bird Show. In an unexpected turn of events, researchers at the University of Florida have discovered the secret ingredient behind their notorious Gatorade. Apparently, it's a blend of frustration and confusion. Students report that attending classes feels like navigating a swamp with professors allegedly speaking in an ancient language known as complexity. In a recent study, it was found that the campus squirrels are more organized than some lecture schedules. In other news, the university's official mascot, the perpetually lost freshman, has won a nationwide competition for their impeccable ability to find every wrong classroom. Stay tuned for more updates as students debate whether their campus is secretly a training ground for a reality show titled The Lost in Academia. The good news is that the floor is running out. The campus is undefeated. And <laughs> <laughs> we still need to slow it down. Slow yeah. it down. Katie, you can, you can stop it by dragging it, I think. Yeah, that was way too that, fast. The, the, moving, by the I'm way, you. you crushed it with all those you complex did. words. It's our teleprompter um, producer. It that, just, or is it Tommy? <laughs> the last two lines were my favorite. Can we at least get to those? It Rewind. sounded like she had less cocaine. That wait, time. wait, stop. Okay. The good, after, after I finish football. Okay. The good news is that the Florida Gators football team is still undefeated, keeping enthusiasm high on campus. Oh, wait, this just in breaking news. You have lost to Kentucky this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's not breaking news. We know it very well. <laughs> it was breaking when I wrote it. Yeah. So thank you for being our teleprompter guinea pig, Abby. But good job with your big word. Well, yeah, she reads. Yeah, that thing was going way too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's dial that. Let's dial that. Speaking of down. which, do you guys listen to podcasts at all on like one and a half or two? Yeah, I do. You yeah. do? Okay. It's the only way. I listen to them. People really? talk too slowly for me. I'm like, let's go, let's go. I'm the same way now. <laughs> All right, so Mo, I didn't use big complex words. I went a different route. Okay. Um, I'm not any less scared. <laughs> we ready? Ready. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. Good morning, I'm Reese Kings, and this is your morning report. <laughs> I woke up with a tummy ache and spent approximately 30 minutes on the toilet. When I finally stood up, I discovered both my legs were asleep, and I immediately <laughs> fell down. Because I'm an introvert and I live alone. I laid there by myself with no one to assist me and contemplated all of my life choices. Once I regained feeling in my legs, I got up and pulled up my underwear and pants. <laughs> Thankfully, I wiped sitting down so no poo <laughs> was transferred to my clothing. It's going super slow. <laughs> I'm Reese Gaines for WWWQ. Back to you, Bert. <laughs> Was it speeding up and then slowing down? Yes. <laughs> I had to wait for it on mine. Tommy, are you messing with him, or is that really the, the timing of it? No, Katie's controlling it. Okay, yeah, this is all Katie. This Tommy just okay. like gave her the computer. Well done. Yeah, nice job, Reese Gaines. Well played, Reese Gaines. <laughs> Okay, had I known the context of this challenge, I think I would have written my script a little bit more different. Yeah? I, it's still, like, quirky and fun, but I see where we're going with this. <laughs> oh, we can do it again. We can, we can do a redo. All right, so the computer okay. is now Who in front of Kristen. I wrote this one. That's, that's why I gave okay. the disclaimer. <clears throat> okay. Teleprompter on. Ready, Kristen? Yep. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. 
evening, and thank you for joining K-Slut's 6 o'clock news. I'm Kristen Klingchern. Our top story tonight, a rat that seduced her way out of a L'Oreal makeup warehouse. Our sources from The Onion say officials have released a warning that the six-inch-long, provocatively done-up rodent escaped the facility at approximately 8 p.m. last night. The rodent was last seen wearing a testing formulation of L'Oreal's 191664 Rosewine Lip Shade when she, quote, dropped it low in front of an unsuspecting guard. The victim says he was distracted by her perfect pouty mouth and was bewitched into unlocking its cage and letting her escape. The L'Oreal CEO says the production of this product must be stopped immediately until the company determines how the rat was able to not only stun over a dozen officers with her craveable come-hither look. The CEO emphasized, we will not allow a lip color this sultry, this durable, this dangerous to be sold. In the meantime, The Onion is reporting that residents are encouraged to take extra precautions while out at night as the rat's no smeared lip color stays flawless for up to 12 hours. Well and that thing is hauling ass. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I gave fast telephone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Man. so for Bert, let it literally get down to like three quarters and then start the teleprompter. So it's, it's not going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write this one? Yeah. Okay, I put it right here. Oh, hmm. Nice job, by the way, Abby. That's All what right. I do. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. A grisly scene in the rural area of Aquaboke, New York over the weekend after a man came face to face with a Huhanjuntalus. <laughs> At first, the man thought it was a Nubricasasus, but turns out it was actually a Hubricatutalus. <laughs> e- easy mistake to make when it's clearly apparent seen prehistoric animals from the late Cretaceous of Makachan, <laughs> western Mexico. The man was quickly rushed to the nearest doctor, which happened to be an Alibono. No. The man of French descent spoke very little English and in an ignominious moment could only yell at the doctors in French, The Abjournist thought it was a I can, I've lost it. It's something about ibuprofen at the very end. Very well done. Are these real are these real words? Yes. Yeah. Everyone was a real Damn. word. <laughs> My San Diego State education has never seen any of that. That is for sure. It is tougher than it looks. Yes, it is. It is. Much tougher. However, your French, impeccable, sir. Very, very good. I should have chosen another language. <laughs> that was impressive. I think we got to try it again when we know that the teleprompter is working at the right angle uh-huh. and the right speed. Yes. That is difficult. It, it is very. So I think we should give more mad props to our local news uh, news anchors. got to get Blake on here to do it again. Oh, yeah. up in Nashville. That would be great. This is The Bird Show. Listen, it's The Bird Show. Um, I didn't realize this until this morning in watching this video that I think the world is uh, broken up into two very different people. You got your birthday families and non-birthday families, and you fall in between one or the other. You either come from a birthday family or you don't. And what I mean by birthday family is like a family that from the moment you wake up in the morning on your birthday until the moment you go to sleep, the entire day is about you. It's about celebrating you. It's about going crazy celebrating you, like celebrating you to the highest extent possible. And if you're not a birthday family, that kind of looks like you wake up and people say, hey, happy birthday. They give you some gifts and it's just kind of like a regular day, except people said happy birthday to you. 
So I come from the former. My mom would wake me up and it would be like, happy birthday, happy birthday. I'd go to breakfast and there'd be like balloons and presents. The entire day was about me. Everyone made me feel so special. And then I would come home and we'd go out to dinner wherever I wanted, have huge cake. It was all about me all day long and it was so fun. But when I got older and I started dating other people, I found that they come from families that were not birthday families. And so they would just be like, happy birthday. They had very low expectations for their birthdays and they weren't used to celebrating birthdays to that extent. And so they therefore did not feel like my birthday was worth celebrating like that. And I was always like, no, excuse me, it's, it's hmm. my birthday. I'm assuming Mo, who comes from a really big, tight family, you guys are birthday families. Definitely a birthday family. All day so long. Always a big deal for everybody in the family on that special day. As soon as somebody wakes up, you party and celebrate them all day. All day. Yeah. Birthday family. Birthday family. Married a man who's not a birthday family. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a birthday family either. No. Not at all. Yeah, my story's sad, so I'm not going to tell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, is she wrong for having her kids spy for her? That is what she is asking in this email. And if you guys have anything going on in your life you want to share with us, try to get some advice for you, hit us at thebirdshow.com. All right, don't judge me, Bert Show. Too late. This email is probably pointless because I know you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but hear me out for being too harsh. All right, even before we get into it, come on, confession time. You guys want to call one eight five five show Who's had their kids spy for them? I mean, you literally recruited them to spy on a husband, spy on somebody at work or somebody, I guess it would be maybe another couple on the, so I don't know, kids parents on the soccer team or something, mm -hmm. but you recruited them to spy. one 855 Uh My husband and I are in the process of divorcing. We've been separated for about six months. He moved out of the family home and has been residing in a condo. Past few years have been rough, and we both came to the conclusion that it was time we parted ways. However, I'm almost certain he's been seeing someone ever since we made the separation official. Which would confirm my suspicions he wasn't faithful this past year. We share one child together, an eight-year-old daughter. We are figuring out custody, and it's kind of all over the place right now. She's going to be there this weekend, and I want her to do a little recon for me. The streets are telling me a woman is staying over there frequently. The streets. Meaning <laughs> some of her items could possibly be there or left behind. I want to task my daughter to do a little snooping, but in a nonchalant way. <laughs> Make it a game of sorts, she says. Like a hide-and-seek of what's at daddy's place. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how else to figure out if he's skirting around before our divorce or is even final. For the record, my daughter is none the wiser to any of this, and I haven't spoken an ill word about her father in front of her. one 855 if you want to get in on that, or you want to confess that you've actually used the kids as spies. You, you sent this knowing what we are going to say. You can't weaponize your kids in the divorce. Like, you can't ask your child to do this. Even if you make it some fun game, like, if, find somebody on the streets to do this for you. Like, you can't, no. You, you, you just... You gotta be smarter than this also. So, I wouldn't say I recruited my kids, but I will say I asked them questions. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. Alright. Oh. That, that. that were going on in the other house. And 
with ulterior motive. But they never knew they were part of my evil plan. <laughs> you, okay. I, I'm not mad at asking questions, right? Obviously, you, you, you can't use your kid as a spy. That's ridiculous. Using your kid as a weapon, that, that's not even cool. But what, what do you even do with the information when you get it? Y'all are going through a divorce. It's over. It just feels like you're creating more drama in your life other than just letting it go. What does it matter if he is? Yeah, and chances are pretty good. Even if dude was screwing around, it's not going to have anything to do with your divorce case anyway, depending on what state you're in. Uh, good morning, Morgan. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hi. Um, I actually was the kid that was used to spy on. Um, kind of in your situation, like you said, Bert, I, uh, I think my mom, she wanted me to know about things that my dad was doing. And so she would just be like always asking me questions when I came back, like, was he there or what did y'all do? Or did he talk about me and stuff? And it was like, <laughs> are you trying, are you trying to get me to spot him? No, no, no. I'm just, I just want to know everything's taken care of. Like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. And looking back and as an adult, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of f***ed up. I'm all right. Mine were a little more subtle than that. Um, but and- it's still... It's still, it's, yeah. it's still wrong. Yeah. And, Definitely and, uh, wrong. I assure you it was going on on the other side of the fence also. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and like you can't ask, like to put your kid in that, like that one question, oh, it just made me inner cringe to the point it was outer cringe. Did he talk about me? Mm. Like, I never asked that. Oh, that's, that's like such a narcissistic question. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Caroline, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hey guys. Good morning. Good morning. So my mom would make me, she would like, she wouldn't let me have a Facebook account, but then she wanted me to have a Facebook account (laughs) and she would use my Facebook account to creep on all of my friends (laughs) and harass me for all of their actions and then be like, why are you partaking in all of this? And just like completely like gaslight me. Oh, damn. That's scarring right there. Did you realize at the time it was going on or it took you years to figure it out? Oh, I'm just now realizing all of this with oh, therapy. Yeah, yeah, I was, I gonna, I was about wrong. to ask, are you sending your mother your therapy bill every week? <laughs> well, she needs to be paying it. No doubt. <laughs> all, right. all right, Caroline, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, so if we're giving advice, no, don't recruit the kids. No, no, don't. Divorce and move on. Yeah, not in an overt way anyway. <laughs> be a little more sly about it. Right. Cassie, am I normal? From Reddit. No, from me. This is me. from you. Oh, this okay. is from me. This is her. So I was in the break room the other morning, just getting my coffee like I do, and two Burt Show members busted me doing something that I was sub- unconsciously doing, and they were cracking up. Katie and Rebecca walked in, and they were losing it, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm pretty sure they're laughing at me, but I don't know why. And so I was like, are y'all laughing at me? And they're like, yeah, did you just go, boo? And I was like, Yes. As I was filling up my coffee and pouring the, the like I have instant coffee, I was like, pew, I soundtrack my own life. I will sing songs. I will sound do effects. sound effects. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, bonk, <laughs> like whatever. Like if I shut the fridge, bonk. And um, Katie said she sometimes does it, which I think she was just being nice. So I wouldn't feel awkward. And Rebecca's like, no, people don't do that. That's not normal. But I want to know if it's normal. Do you guys ever sound effect your own life? I wonder if this goes along with the OCD conversation we had with you yesterday. <laughs> I don't think so. No? I don't think that's an OCD thing. I think it's just fun. I mean, making coffee is boring. Mm. So I'm like, woo, coffee. So like the real life sound effects that like the fridge makes when it closes, that just just doesn't do it for you. No, no, it doesn't. No, so when 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 he's shutting a cabinet, like. Yeah, when the microwave is about to go off, do you have a sound for your microwave? Uh, No, it's usually shut up. I know it's done. Stop beeping. But like, 
Yeah. Sidebar, I've got a whole kitchen filled with those that those little alarms that go off. Oh so if the fridge is open too long, if the freezer is open too long, if the stove is still too hot, I got five things dinging in my apartment and it's driving me crazy or my house. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> it, it drives me nuts. I have to mute it all. I can't stand. I'm like, I know. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a you thing. Man. I can say with certainty. You've I, never like I'm not not every single thing, but you guys have never made a sound effect in your life. Oh, or, like, yeah. When you've done stuff. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Now unconsciously just been like, boing. <laughs> I'm sure, but I don't do it on a yeah, daily basis. Not on a daily. No. You're on your own on this mm, one. Well, sister. my life is interesting. You're on the Bird Show. So Abby has some beef here. Oh yeah, I've got some pretty big beef with Mikey, and it's all because of something that he brought up. On his own terms, he didn't have to even say anything about this, and now I'm the one looking like the fool. So a couple weeks ago, Mikey came on air and was like, Abby, I think I might have found your soulmate. I got someone who wants to be set up with you. My boy Mason, he thinks you're cute. I think y'all should go out. So I was like, sounds like a good time to me. But I mean, I had given up dating pretty much for the rest of the year, but I was like, if Mikey is going to endorse this guy, like, why not? I'll give him a chance. Do you give up on dating or dating give up on you? <laughs> That's rude. I think, it's, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. Um, it was mutual. <laughs> it's a mutual breakup. And Mikey showed us a picture of him. And he's a good looking dude. Yeah. And he's tall. Okay. And he's tall. He looks like Ben Affleck if you like squint both eyes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so Mikey ends up giving me this guy's number and I thought, okay, well, this guy's obviously not going to text me because he doesn't have my number. So I'll just shoot him a text and I'll let they'll let him, you know, make a move. Mm-hmm. And so I get his number, put it, put his contact in my phone, which I never do. I never save numbers. And then I text him and I said, what did I say? Let me pull up the text message. I said, hey, Mason, it's Abby from the birth show. You know, the girl that you're in. <laughs> I didn't say this, but I'm like, you know, the girl that you supposedly have a crush on. Mikey gave me your number. And then I just ended it there and I waited. Because you wanted him mm-hmm. to make the move. Yeah. Exactly. I'm well, like, here I am. I've professed the fact that I'm interested on national radio. Uh-huh. I mean, she's already made the move. Yeah. yeah. That's it. True. The, the move has been made. So I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. Uh-oh. Uh-uh. And I'm waiting. No. It's a reflection on you, man. That's and I'm waiting. Ooh, that's four mm-hmm. waitings. And I'm waiting. Five. five oh, that's five of them things. And I'm still waiting. Six, and I've gotten zero months. response from your boy. What's your deal? And ever? Ever. No. How long ago was that? This was uh, Monday, September 18th at 8.40 a.m., Kristen. What? Today is wow. October 9th. What's going on? This is on you. <laughs> He's shell-shocked. He's speechless. He's speechless. <laughs> He's shell-shocked. <laughs> I'm I'm my own man. My endorsement of this man has no reflection on, upon myself. Yes, it does. Yes, 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 it does. Yes, yes, your confidence is way different. You are the well, company. You keep Mikey. I might have been struggling with the same thing. After we talked about it on air, I shot him. I said, "Wow, this went really well. You're welcome. I'm I'm the best." And <laughs> guess what I got. Waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing. He goes to both of y'all? I think. <laughs> Do we know if this guy's alive? I don't know if he's alive, actually. So that might be good news. <laughs> you set me up with a dead man? <laughs> he might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which wouldn't be my worst setup. But <laughs> now, just curious, how close are you to this guy? Is yeah. he in your circle? I he's mean, in my circle, but we play golf together, and uh, I haven't played golf in a while. He lives in Atlanta. I don't get around those parts that often. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to sit him down and have a real talking to him. I don't know. I think he got cold feet, Abby. You d- Wait, what did you say to him? 
Let's read. Yeah, let's, read a, let's read it back, Mikey. Might be a little aggressive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that you might have scared him away. Hey, Mason. It's oh. Abby from the Bert Show. Flexing. Oh, yeah, 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 strong. strong. How else is he going to know who I am? Good job. Hey, Abby. Wow. He, he said, Abby from the Burt Show. I'm interested. To Mikey. So I'm just trying to provide context to this narrative that I didn't even want to be a part of. And now I'm just, try, I'm just trying to say, hey, this is where you know me from. It's Abby. Mikey gave me your number. Ended it there. I didn't propose marriage. I mean, so. it's, it's best to it's best to start off with something small and build up to the paragraph. <laughs> right out of here. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing. All right. So, did you give this dude a heads up that you were going to bring this to air? I did. Okay, so he knew. He asked me to do it. Yeah. He asked you to bring this to air. Yeah. He said, "Set me up with Abby." I said, "It's going to be on air." You know that. He says, "Yes." And then, I don't know, Abby just came out of the gate a little bit hot. I think we got to reel him back in, and uh, we can try again. But I think next time, next time, shoot it over to me first, and I'll proofread it, and then we can go from there. Mikey, what would you have said? Am I, what should I have said? Should I have just grunted into okay. the phone? Yeah. No, no, what's going to happen here? You n- obviously never text this guy again, and I forgot how long ago it was. I mean, we're going on almost a month. You, what? your responsibility, <laughs> your responsibility is to text this man and be like, dude, WTF, what happened? He making you look bad. Yeah, okay. he is. All right. Well, do you know where this dude lives? Yeah, I do. I really have like a mind to send Mikey over to his house and just knock on the door this I morning. I could go break phone down in hand to apologize to him. <laughs> yeah, you it. know what? That's good. Maybe that'd be <laughs> that's really good. That's Should I wear a wire? I could wear a wire no, and we can get to the bottom of it. Do you have a phone? Yeah, you I have a telephone. It's <laughs> <laughs> not as fun, though. That'll work, too. Come on. No, let me get no, strapped no, up. No, seriously. I want you to get in your car. I want you to drive to his house and knock on the door. Yeah, hopefully, you're there by like 6.45. Wake his ass up. Okay. We want to talk to him on the radio, and we want an apology. All right. Is this real? Yes, yes it is. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is so real. Right. <laughs> also, we kind of want to make sure he's not done. I, that didn't even enter my head. I got to be honest. <laughs> We're doing a wellness check. Best case scenario. He's dead. No, he's not. <laughs> I, I hope for your sake this man has no pulse, which would make him my type oh, even more, though. I praise that. <laughs> All right, give us a call when you get to his house. All right. Get it. The Bird Show. I saw it was about 20 minutes ago where Abby told our producer, Mike, look, I am not happy with you. Why are you not happy with Mikey? I'm not happy with Mikey because he put me on the air. He put me on the spot and told me that a man was interested in me. And so I decided to put myself in a vulnerable position and text him first. And I never got a text back. And I want to find out why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to find out why, too. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Yep. This guy's ghosted Mikey also. <laughs> so he's consistent. So we asked Mikey, "Do you know where this guy lives?" It's a friend of his. He's like, "Yeah, I know." I'm like, "All right, get in the car, and <laughs> we're gonna knock on the door." We will not be ghosted. No, we will not. <laughs> okay. Even Mikey was like, are you serious? And we're like, um, yeah. Get in the car. Yes. Okay. At the very least, we need to do a wellness check. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's what we're, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's what we're doing. But we're checking on Abby's wellness. I'm not doing well. All right. So Mikey was supposed to head on out that way and just knock on this dude's door. Let's get him on the phone to find out what's going on. Mikey, what's up, dude? Hey, you want to talk about a vulnerable position? I'm, I'm out here. They got this place bolted up. I'm trying to ask people to let me in. I'm looking like a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he lives in an apartment? 
Yeah, it's a big apartment complex, and I can't even get in any doors. I'm standing in the parking garage right now, staring at this gate. (laughs) (laughs) So you got into the parking garage, you just can't get past the gate that will take you to his apartment yet. That's right. Whenever a car comes rolling out of here, I'm going to slide on under that uh, that gate. (laughs) I'm going to... Barge my way up there. Oh, he's definitely getting arrested. Oh my gosh, yes you are. <laughs> <laughs> but the Burst Show, we have bail money in our budget, so we you're fine. Right, right. It's not much, but <laughs> all, right. all right. So when you get through security and you get to his door, then uh, hit us up before you knock on the door. Okay. You mean sneak through security? So a second ago, I asked Mikey, uh, "Do you know where which number his door is?" And he goes, uh. "He goes, I'll know it when I see it." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very Mikey thing to say. Yes, yeah. Good luck. Look with that. All right, Mikey, give us a call back. All right, thank you. Godspeed. All right. Can't quite tell who came out here. He did. He came out. So they're all doing great until he says, uh, I think I like dudes. And He's they're bi. married, right? Mm-hmm. I think I like dudes also. Uh, and this is new to their marriage. And she, rightfully, is a little confused and not exactly sure how to handle it. So maybe some of you guys listening have been in this situation before and you want to give some advice and we can put you on the voice disguiser if you want. 1 855 Burt Show. Hi, Bird Show fam. I could use some therapy. I'm struggling with my mental health and my sexuality. I am a 35-year-old man and have been married to my wife for 12 years. We have two amazing kids together. She's truly my best friend and the most amazing woman I have ever been with or ever met. We've had our ups and downs, but for the most part, we are extremely happy. Recently, I came out to my wife as bisexual. I grew up in a very conservative Christian family where being anything but straight was considered a sin. I've always had an attraction to both sexes, but hid the male attraction side of me as best I could. It is the only secret I've ever kept from anyone, including my wife, until now. Honestly, I thought I would outgrow it. I can confirm I have not. The conversation was brought up when we were talking about medical history and getting tested for different things. I told her that before she and I were together, I had actually hooked up with a guy a few times. It fizzled out about as quickly as it started, and I was never intimate with anybody else until her. She is the only woman I've ever been intimate with. A few days later, she had questions for me about my experience and if I'd been tested. I told her that I was tested about a year after he and I got together, which is more than 15 years ago, but I hadn't been tested since. She then asked me questions about if I had ever flirted with or been attracted to other men, to which I told her that I have never flirted with another man. I have seen other men and have been attracted, but never acted on that attraction. I've also been flirted with by other men and women and always shut that down. My family has a history of cheaters, so I made it my life's mission to always be faithful to my partner. During our conversation, she pointed out to me that there were times where she initiated piano playing and I didn't seem interested and asked if that was because I was more interested in being with a man than being with a woman. I told her I hadn't really thought about it and I wasn't really sure. Our piano recitals have been far and few in between. Sometimes it was me, sometimes it was her. I feel like that it was possibly me more than her. I also knew that piano playing for her sometimes was painful and I didn't like to cause her any kind of pain. I also didn't, uh, did not want her to feel like she owed me piano sessions. It's been a couple days since she asked me that question and I've thought long and hard on it and I still don't really know an answer. I would love some therapeutic advice or if somebody in the Burt Show community has dealt with something similar to this, how they handled it. I just feel lost and confused. Has anyone ever been in a situation like this where they came out to their partner and maybe realized the life they were living isn't quite what they wanted? I'm terrified because I don't know the fallout that could happen because of this. Any help or advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Bye. But questioning. Okay. This one is above our pay grade. Maybe one of you guys has experienced us before or one of you is a professional that can handle this one. Uh, one eight five five 855 I don't even know where to start, you guys. 
Well, I mean, you're in a committed relationship with your wife and yeah, you may be attracted to men, but that doesn't mean you want to cheat on her with other men, right? The same way like you're attracted to women. So hopefully you don't want to cheat on your wife with other women. So so you think this is him just confessing that he has feelings for dudes, but not wanting to do anything with it? I mean, yeah, if you're in a committed relationship, that would be the case. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can be bisexual, but being a committed, you can be bisexual and be in a committed relationship with one sex. I completely agree. I think that's the, the definitive line that he needs to figure out. Is it that you actually want to pursue your attraction for other men or yeah. is it just something that you have? Mm-hmm. Because one, mm-hmm. I think you just, you know, you're fine. it's okay, but you also have to give your partner uh, the time that she may need in order to process that information because I'm sure it'll be, it'll throw her as well. But that's what you got to figure out. And I think once you have that answer, you can figure out how to move. Because for me, it's like, I don't care who you're attracted to. You're with me. And mm. that's, all, that's all that should matter. So that's where I'm coming from, where I don't even think it would be a question if, I don't think it'd be a question whether or not he needed to explore it if he didn't really feel like there was something there. I can't really speak to being conflicted about your sexuality, but I can speak to growing up in a very conservative Christian environment where a lot of those feelings are very discouraged and and like basically pushed down and suppressed. And you may be getting to a point in your life where you're 35 years old and maybe becoming an adult has given you the freedom of thought to really consider what you truly believe. And maybe that's something that you did suppress. And as of right now, maybe you feel like it is bisexuality, but it also might be that part of yourself that you've ignored for so long finally coming out. And I definitely think it's worth talking to somebody about like a professional, but I also, I think you should do some self-exploration as well. Uh, This would make me very insecure as the partner um, because it feels like it's just a matter of time before he explores this with another man. The way I'm interpreting it is he's saying this to sort of open up that dialogue. So this would make me feel super insecure because I think it's just a matter of time. Well, that and also that you've hidden this part of yourself from me for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, I mean, very new territory that you're having to traverse. Here is Jennifer on The Voice Disguiser. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi. Hello. So, my advice, I am both um, I am both an A piano player and <laughs> I am both a bi piano player. Okay. And it took, yes, and I know that that's confusing. I'm attracted to both genders, but I am not able to play the piano very often because of both physical and emotional um, walls. And it took me, I was married when I figured out that I was attracted to both. And um, and I had never explored that part of myself. And... Um, my partner at the time was really, really great about it, but we ended up getting divorced for separate reasons. And now I'm, and now I'm engaged to somebody who's, um, I'm, I'm in a straight relationship. And it, it's all about acceptance, I think. It's all about acceptance of who you are. I think being attracted to both is a spectrum. And if he really can't accept that, then that's something that maybe he should explore. Maybe that marriage isn't meant to be, but that acceptance is the first step and that no matter what, he is the way he is and he's awesome the way he is. And that's really just my my advice. It's just no matter what. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like the person that you're married to, you should be able to be 
100% authentic, right? You can't live your life with mm-hmm. any kind of lie like that. I need you to be about 99. Nine, 99 is solid. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty solid. Jonathan, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with the last caller, but um, I just wanted to share that uh, my parents were, my dad actually came out as bi uh, with my parents growing up, and I'm 42, so this was like 20 years ago. But um, they kind of just had an agreement that, he could explore that side of himself on the side, which I was really surprised to hear from my conservative Baptist Southern conservative parents. Yeah. But, but he, you know, with having four kids, they, they decided, you know, we don't want to break up our family and they love each other. I mean, he still cries every year. Um, she passed away about 25 years ago. I'm sorry, not 25, 15 years ago. And, uh, so, you know, I don't doubt the love that they had for each other, but they had, you know, like like the last caller was a clear understanding of who the other person was and accepted that and loved them regardless. That's a pretty beautiful story right there. It is. The Bird Show. Hi, right, Mikey is back on the phone. Abby, why is Mikey on the phone with us? Uh, not in studio this morning, our producer. So Mikey came on air a couple of weeks ago and he said, hey, I've got this friend that thinks you're cute and he wants me to set him up with you. So I thought, sounds like a slam dunk to me. Sent him a little texty text about three weeks ago. <laughs> Haven't heard back since. Ghosted. And we're not even sure this man is alive because he's not responding to Mikey either. <laughs> <laughs> so we are not accepting that. No. That is not our future. Nope. So we sent Mikey over to this dude's house. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be ignored. <laughs> we're no. not creepy at all. No, I, I am so sorry, but I mean, he used the air. He said he wanted to be on, he wanted to do it on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Is what he said. Yep. Right? Ask her out. Tell her on the air. So that's what we did. So since it hasn't gone out, it only seems fair to me that we expose him on the air also. I could not agree more. Hey, Mikey. Hey. All right. You made it through that tough security because <laughs> the last time we talked to you, you were trying to make it through security. You made it. I think I broke about two or three crimes now. Uh huh. <laughs> we don't admit that on the radio, Mikey. Yeah, that's yeah. Radio 101. <laughs> so you are outside of his door right now. Yeah, when do I get to knocking? Right Knock. now. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, you want speakerphone or what? Oh, by the way, yeah. I got intel that there's a man sleeping on the couch. So we'll have to cross that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> is he single? Is that man single? Abby, he's like, what does he look like? <laughs> find, find me a man in this no. apartment. Abby, he's, he's sleeping on a couch. That's not the one. man for you. He's just going through a tough time, oh, Kristen. Okay, okay. And Mikey, I'm guessing that intel is you looking in the window? <laughs> no, I got, I got legit sources. Okay. <laughs> All right, start, start a knocking, kid. All right, I'm knocking. What's this dude's name again? Mason. 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 You're going to have to knock harder yeah, than that. Yeah, that's a weak knock. Nah. Bang on the door. I'm going to call him loser after this. Don't use your knuckles. Like, yeah. use your fist. Put your back into it. Oh, <laughs> do it for is, me, do Mikey. Do it with your chest. Mason is flushing the weed down the toilet right now. <laughs> <laughs> if Mikey does get arrested, how is he going to explain this to the cops? <laughs> we'll just put Bird on the phone. Have Not you a- heard any movement? No movement. Bang. 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 I I just tried the handle. Why no, what? don't don't do he that? To walk in. <laughs> now they're gonna hear somebody going shot. <laughs> <laughs> did you bang again? Yeah, I did. Bang so, on the door. Just keep banging. Don't stop. 
Sorry, officer. No, I just had to break keep, in. Keep just banging, keep Mike, banging. and don't stop. Don't stop banging. I'm terrified. Don't. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Just keep going. <laughs> bang, bang into the room. You're knocking with your knuckles. Do it with your fist. I said oh. earlier. <laughs> Put your whole body in. He's scared. He's wimping out. Correct. Correct. He's <laughs> All right. You're on the Burt Show. Oh. Don't curse. We need to get Mason up. <laughs> Dude, help me. Don't cuss. You gotta help. Is that count? He needs to answer for what he's done. (laughs) 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 I mean, (laughs) Mikey, are you in the apartment now? I'm now in the apartment. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He needs to answer for what (laughs) what he's not done. (laughs) All right, let's just make a lot of noise then. Just go to his bedroom door and knock on it, Mikey. Just go Wait, shake him awake he, and yell in his face. Huh? Is he here or no? Is that his... Mikey, is he there? I don't think he's here. Whoa, oh, shut up. You're in the apartment. I, I don't know. Go from room to room. <laughs> Mason, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he can hide. We're going to get a restraining order out of this. We are finding Mason. (laughs) Wait, he's at work. What? What? He's at work. There's no way. All right, go there. (laughs) Where's he work? Wherever he's going, he is being held accountable today. (laughs) One way or another. So seriously, Mikey, he's not. No, he is here. He's out here. Okay. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> All right, he just shut me out. He just what? What? He shut the door. Locked <gasps> it. What? Is there a, what, Did he what, really? what if there's a girl in there? Wait, so he came out of his bedroom. <laughs> you told him you you apologized and said it's the birth show, and then he slammed the door in your face and locked it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tell wow. him Abby's outside here waiting for him naked. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, don't say that. Come on. Please let me be released. <laughs> Mikey, okay. Mikey, before anything gets too heated, exit at Mikey, exit the premises. Yes. yes. No. Yeah, absolutely. At least on the door. He did. And the dude opened it up and sh- slammed it in his face and locked it. You can't give up now. Oh, I don't the- think we can on, give, up give up now. We're so close. <laughs> Please Okay. Let me he give up, he said. <laughs> Wait a second. So, tell, tell him we'll give him $100. No, stop it. Bert's money. <laughs> You're talking about Mason if he comes on the air with us? Yes. We're going to have to do more than 100 Okay, Mikey. Do you? What? So he does work, right? So he's going to have to leave at some point? Yes. All right, it's a stakeout now. <laughs> yes. We're That's going right. to work with Mason. Yep. Yes. <laughs> he's got one of two choices. He can talk to you there or when he gets to work. Yes. <laughs> right. The Bird Show. Hey, The Bird Show.